I'm standing in a scene you wouldn't expect, given the rhetoric of this presidential campaign. In the heart of the U.S. Capitol building, where the House of Representatives crest is emblazoned on everything from the walls to the garbage cans, a group of more than 50 Muslims is praying. It happens here every week. White cloths removed from gym bags to cover the worn-down wall-to-wall carpeting of this nondescript event space. And it's powerful in its plainness. There's no pomp. There are no protesters. There's just a group of people praying. We are in a nice place. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless this building and bless the people who work here. Yeah, let's go. One of the people praying is Saba Ahmed, the president of the Republican Muslim Coalition, a group that's actively trying to recruit Muslims to vote Republican this November, whoever the nominee. Saba is also the subject of this episode in our series that, as you may now know, tells the stories of people with unorthodox relationships to the 2016 presidential campaign. From NBC News, this is The Trail Tapes. I'm Jake Heller. Saba doesn't pray on Capitol Hill every week, but she's around here a lot. She lobbies legislators and sits in on hearings on anything related to Islam, she says. And we'll get into that. She visits mosques around the country to try to get Muslims to vote Republican. And we'll get into that, too. But for now... Let's talk about cable news. Saba Ahmed is with us. Saba Ahmed. Saba Ahmed. Saba Ahmed is president and founder of the Republican Muslim Coalition, and she is my guest today. What kind of surveillance, what level of surveillance would Muslims be, shall we say, comfortable with? None. I wanted to ask you, in the, in the short time I have left uh, on the program this hour, if you've sensed a lot of, a lot of Islamophobia in the media, uh, and how you feel when you see it, when you hear it. It's obviously there, and it's very sad, but I think it's an opportunity for us to solve. Have we seen enough high-profile Muslims coming out and denouncing this? This is happening in the name of your religion. And so If as a Catholic the- it was happening in the name of my religion, like the sex scandal, I spoke out. I said it was intolerable. So will you speak out? Of course, yeah. Let I- me hear you speak out then. <laughs> Well, I'm speaking out. I'm against a lot of the, you know, barbaric practices around the world. I think Islam has been misused by a lot of people. Guys, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you both for uh, being with us. Appreciate it. In fact, you might recognize Saba as the woman who wore an American flag hijab on Fox News back in November. If you missed it, well, first, I hope you enjoyed your anti-technology retreat. Saba wore a big, bold, star-spangled headscarf in an interview with Megyn Kelly. And the internet, predictably, exploded. Saba was everywhere, from Vice to the BBC, the Telegraph to the Cut. Jezebel called it the purest shade you'll ever see on Fox News. Slate called it a revolutionary act. First of all, where did you get it? I got it in New York City. So Amazing. Was, yeah, it was, you know, one of those street carts on the Times Square. Yeah. We have all these patriotic stuff, so I just picked it off on one of the carts, and I thought it was so cool, and um, came back and just tried it. It was, and that day in particular, I was going to go on the Megyn Kelly show, um, and the, the interviewer before me was, like, bashing Islam and saying all these nasty things. On and Fox was, News? Yeah, Fox what a News. Sh- what a shock. Well, uh, so I was sitting in the makeup room. I wasn't planning on wearing that. Um, 
but uh, after I was just getting so boiled up, I was like, I don't know what to do, but like, I just want to tell them not every Muslim is like that. What they're saying is so wrong. I had been on Megan Collie's show previous week and I had, it was a town hall type of a, so she had like 20 guests and everybody was wearing like, you know, a patriotic pin or like a scarf around their shoulder. Or, so I was like, okay, I'll show that my patriot, I was going to put it on my side and then um, but I got like during the makeup room, I just got so like boiled up. I was like, I'll just wear that. And then like the makeup ladies were like, this looks great. You should just try it just like that. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, we were, I was like just getting used to giving interviews and stuff. So I was like, okay, we'll go try it. So we didn't think it was a big deal. So we just went on it. Um, and then, and then, but then what happened afterwards, so many people saw that video and like people all over the world commented and apparently it was number one on BBC all over Europe and uh, I, I got invited to go to Germany and I talked about and they were like well I, we wish like a Muslim woman would start wearing German flags or British flags and like you know this is so cool and I was like well this is my patriotic American side and so you know I think I'm a proud American so I was just displaying my um, love for the country. And this is the fascinating thing about Saba. All those articles and Facebook posts and tweets were right. She does want to change the narrative about Muslims in America. She does want to fight Islamophobia. But they were also wrong. Because Saba is a Republican. And she's a Republican who spends her time trying to get other Muslims to vote Republican. So let's get to the elephant in the room, which is a terrible pun. Um, But how, in this climate... Can you reconcile being both Muslim and Republican? Well, the reason I go on Fox News is to educate Republicans and conservatives about Islam and Muslims. I want them to know that, you know, Muslims shouldn't be defined by terrorism and what the terrorists are doing are not representative of our faith. Um, As conservative Muslims, we believe in the same things that Republicans believe in. We're very much pro-life, pro traditional family values, traditional marriage, uh, pro-business, trade, things that align with our uh, faith are what the Republican Party is supposed to stand for. The core ideals that the Republicans are supposed to be advocating, those align with my conservative faith. But seriously, she would vote for Trump? Remember how he wants to ban Muslims from entering the country? The Muslim ban by Donald Trump, uh, I don't ever see that becoming law. It's such an unconstitutional idea. Uh, There's many federal laws. Uh, You've been following me for the last few days. Uh, You saw at Capitol Hill, we have a system of government here. You can't enact uh, religious discrimination laws. And there are many federal statutes that ban religious discrimination. And uh, therefore, the comments made by Trump, I don't ever see them becoming law. So I don't I'm not too concerned about that. But what what is most concerning for me is that all of them, when they talk about Islam or Muslims, they sound so ignorant. They talk about our faith. They use Arabic terminology trying to sound so credible. But they come across really, really um, sorry to say, but dumb to Muslims. People are perverting the teachings of Islam to carry out their own crimes and agenda. But that's not representative of our faith. And the GOP candidates need to first and foremost understand that. And then, like, you know, they can talk about solving our national security problems. Because right now, if they're going to target an entire faith community, they're never going to be able to uh, solve our defense problems or foreign relations problems. And unless GOP candidates get serious about solving our national security problems with the help of Muslim Americans, I don't ever see it getting resolved. Is it distressing to you 
that they can paint such a large group of people with such a broad brush and then have the reaction be going up in the polls? It is uh, definitely frustrating because I wish all Americans knew about Muslims, but many of the Midwestern states, there's hardly any Muslims. Like, they don't really know many Muslims, and the only Muslims they do get to know are the ones after a terror attack. And so they associate all Muslims with terrorism. And sadly, the only times you see Muslims on the media is generally after a terror attack. We don't engage proactively. You've been watching one of the things that our community is struggling with is trying to change the image of Muslims in America. And the issues that I do have with the front runners, I hope that they're going to tone down their anti-Islamic rhetoric and change the, their perspectives by the general election. Now, the idea of a Muslim Republican may seem weird today, but that wasn't always the case. In 2000, more Muslims voted for George W. Bush than voted for Al Gore. One poll found that 42% of American Muslims voted for Bush, compared to 31% for Gore. Another poll, conducted by the Council on American-Islamic Relations, or CARE, found that 72% of Muslims voted for Bush, compared to 8% for Gore. But then, 9-11 happened. Many people abandoned the party because they felt targeted and they felt the Bush administration betrayed them. We gave them our votes and money and so much. And then when after 9-11 happened, he kind of like just had superficial relations with our community. And he didn't listen to what the community leaders were saying. And so a lot of surveillance was done on our communities. Many mosques were targeted. Many Muslims were wrongfully prosecuted. Uh, many Muslim leaders ended up uh, serving time and then having their convictions overturned later. So it was uh, that fearful atmosphere, trust deficit between law enforcement and Muslim community forced uh, Muslims to abandon the Republican Party and they went towards, and Democrats were more than happy for our votes. This year, CARE's latest poll shows 15% of American Muslims plan to vote Republican. Instead of abandoning the Republican Party, the 70% of the community should have educated and gotten more involved in the Republican Party. They, that's when they desperately needed guidance from Muslims. But because we pulled back, they did whatever stupid policies they wanted, and that hurt the whole world. And that's why Saba wants Muslims to vote Republican, to change the party from within. But that kind of talk isn't always well received. In fact, Saba says that she often gets death threats. Uh, every time there, I do an interview, if you just go to the Fox News, uh, the comments section on Facebook and just watch any of my videos that they publish, uh, it's interesting to watch the discussion that goes on. And then I try to go there and sometimes comment on things. But it's just depressing. People are so, like, negative and they don't want to hear from Muslims. They, like, regardless of how nice or how, uh, I mean, and I try to keep it cool, calm and collected when I go on the media, even when you get riled up by, like, you know, Sean Hannity or, like, Megan Kelly or any of the hosts. So when they're trying to provoke a reaction from you, they just want to show another angry Muslim. And when you try to be diplomatic and be as um, nice as you can be in the circumstances, um, it just, uh, people still, there are people in the conservative base um, who hate Muslims, hate Islam. And no matter how good of a Muslim you are, they will always hate you. And I've made peace with that. I'm okay. That's their problem, not mine. I really don't care. How have you made peace with that? Because I don't know if remaining calm, cool, and collected would be the attitude I would take well, to getting death threats. 
I mean, you inform law enforcement, but then you can't, like, pinpoint, like, they're not obviously coming to my house. You can't, like, know exactly who's going to do what. But I can't let that fear stop me. If I take those seriously, then I wouldn't be able to do one day of my work. I would just get scared and stay at home. But I truly believe in my faith, and I believe that, you know, that voice has to come from our community. Do you feel, though, that it is your role to humanize Muslims? Shouldn't it be on other people to just accept that Muslims are humans too? Yeah, you would think, right? But, 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 but after, you know, a terrorist attack, your phone rings, right. and it's Fox News, and they want you to come on there to play this role almost. Right, How, does you that have to condemn feel... the terror attacks, send your thoughts and prayers, and then you just tell them it wasn't me, it wasn't my faith. It was some criminal who decided to go crazy. And, you know, we have many mass murderers in this country. We have many criminals in this country. Uh, we don't go and question everybody's religion. Um, there's a criminal justice system that processes them. And, but whenever it tends to be a Muslim, it becomes a terror attack and the whole faith gets blamed. The whole com Muslim community has to come out and defend themselves. And, and how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't feel good. That's why we're trying to defend ourselves. Um, at the same time, we can't stay quiet because then they say, oh, Sean Hannity often tells me, oh, there's a deafening silence in your community. Nobody speaks out. No one says anything. It's just that he can't hear it. We're trying to get through, even through to, 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 to Sean Hannity, Megyn Kelly, Bill O'Reilly. Like, you know, these are names that I used to watch in Oregon growing up. And I was like, why do they hate us? Like, no matter, like, I mean, I couldn't stand. But then more, the more interviews I do with these people, I'm like, well, I have to change their minds and I have to like be able to turn their perspective. Do you think Maybe. you're going to convince Sean Hannity? Who knows? Maybe someday. Wow. Yeah, that's the goal. That's <laughs> so, the goal. We'll see. We want to win over Fox News. We want to win over people who hate us. And, you know, it's slow and steady, I think. But Saba also has some work to do within the Muslim community. Why? Generally, uh, women aren't supposed to speak for the community. I mean, most of our imams are all men. And so it's a struggle trying to get them to get over our internal challenges and barriers. But at the same time, it's important. I think, uh, you know, I'm a proud Muslim American. I can go and say whatever I want. But it's much more challenging being a woman. And especially here in this country, it's very frustrating because the traditional role for women is to be at home, raise the kids, and that's it. And, uh, but when we show up to the table, they, I probably uh, do more lobbying at Capitol Hill than all of them combined. You know, it's, it'll be a while before we can get change the mindset of a lot of our Muslim community leadership. But I, I don't have the time to waste, uh, to wait around for that. I have to do what I can in the time that I have, so. So as a glass ceiling uh, shattering woman, mm -hmm. Hillary? No? Uh, I've met her. I, um, I would like to see a woman president, but I don't know if she's the right choice right now. I, I would like to, uh, maybe a Republican Muslim woman. A Republican Muslim woman? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I've been dreaming about, like, you know, we should. What's throw the timetable on that one? <laughs> I don't know, a few decades. Oh, maybe. okay. So, um, Hopefully sooner. Uh, yeah, but maybe a Republican woman could be there, get there. Of course, there's still a ways to go. There are currently only two Muslims in Congress. Both are men. Both are Democrats. And 
neither are the president. Which is why Saba also sits in on House and Senate hearings, because... There are no Muslims. They're not... The whole hearing, a couple of days ago, on Tuesday, we went to the Senate Foreign Relations hearing on ISIS. And uh, me and one of my other friends was there. We were the only two Muslims sitting in the audience. There was like, the room was filled, 100 plus people. And the senators, obviously, and all the people testifying, they were not Muslims. They were all talking about Islam and different sects of Islam and Wahhabism, Salafism, this and that. And we were just like looking at each other. We were like, no. I mean, I felt like, where are the Muslim experts? For some reason, they tend to go to these think tanks who have people who are experts in their own right, but they're not like Muslims. And I want to see Muslims testifying in Congress. I want to see Muslim senators. I want to see having uh, a different side of Islam at Capitol Hill. And I just love sitting in those hearings because it's so cool just watching the senators' reactions. Like if I'm sitting across from Ted Cruz or like the other day, Marco Rubio or like, I mean, Lindsey Graham. I mean, I have my fun days. It's just like, I try to make it fun. So what happens? You're sitting in a hearing across from Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz. And then their face changes if they're bashing Islam and there's Muslim sittings across from them. They don't know. <laughs> it's funny, and it's just awesome to watch. Um, it's just an interesting experience. It's harder, like, they would come prepared with all these remarks about how Islam is so bad, and, like, you know, the Islamist terrorists are, you know, the radical Islamic terrorists are causing so many problems in the world. Yes, I've heard that one before. Yeah, and then there's a Muslim sitting right across from them, and they don't know who I am, they don't know anything about, and in their mind, they're, like, probably thinking, oh my God, is she one of the extremists, is she not? Like, what, what, like, you know, they've been trained to hate Muslims, and they have so much anger within themselves, and then you just see it fall apart and then they like it's just funny to watch their reactions. So what's your goal this election because you just started this organization it doesn't seem to be going that well in terms of the Republican Party embracing Muslims. <laughs> so what's your goal by November 2016? Um have Donald Trump visit a mosque. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it. So In fact, in that very Fox News segment where Saba wore the American flag hijab, she also invited Mr. Trump to a mosque. I'd love to have Trump visit a local mosque in New York or Washington, D.C. I think Mr. Trump has so many uh, business dealings all over the Middle East. He's worked with Muslims. He knows we are good, hardworking people. You cannot uh, alienate the Muslim American voters. What did he say? Um, Deafening well, he didn't silence? <laughs> no, actually, I talked to his campaign manager, and they didn't say no. He said... Um, you talked to Corey Lewandowski? I did. I have a cell. I call, um, so every time he, the Donald Trump makes some comments, I text them, and I let them know about my thoughts on their positions. And so, <laughs> You text Corey Lewandowski whenever <laughs> Donald Trump says something? Yeah, yeah, I You do. must have a very expensive cell phone bill. Uh, well, I mean, I have his cell phone, so I, I know I've, and I've talked to him several times, actually. Uh, I mean, last, uh, he basically said Donald Trump would be okay meeting with Muslim Americans in New York City. He just didn't know exactly when uh, we could make that happen. Um, probably not in a mosque, but probably at his place. Um, so hopefully we can all get together and make this country great again. That's a great slogan. <laughs> Someone should use that. <laughs> That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. It was produced by myself and Melanie Ben Cosme. I also edited it. Opening music by Shad and DJ Tilo. Closing music by Hey Rosetta and Yukon Blonde. 
I'm on Twitter at Heller Jake. See you next time. Thank you.